ESPN.com. Did you miss a show? Listen to podcasts from all your favorite ESPN Las Vegas shows at LVSportsNetwork.com. KWWN Las Vegas and KLAV Las Vegas. It's the remix. In the NFL and the Raiders and the fans, be sure that there are not any other racial insensitive remarks by you out there in the atmosphere. All I can say is I, I'm not a racist. I don't. I can't uh, tell you how sick I am. I apologize again to, to, to D. Smith, but I feel good about who I am and what I've done my entire life. I apologize for the insensitive remarks. I had uh, I had no racial intentions with those remarks at all. But uh, yes, they can. I'm I'm not like that at all. But I apologize. I don't want to keep addressing it. Have the NFL contacted you? I have not had any contacts with them yet. We'll see what happens here in the next few days. Do you expect something to happen? You know, I'm not going to answer all these questions today. I think I've addressed it already. Uh, I can't remember a lot of the things that transpired 10 or 12 years ago, but I stand here uh, in front of everybody apologizing. I know I'm not, uh, I don't have an ounce of, of racism in me. I'm a, a guy that takes pride in leading people together, and I'll continue to do that for the rest of my life. And again, I apologize to D. Smith and anybody out there that, that I have offended. Okay? Can you understand why uh, people would take that offense, offense to what he said? Absolutely. That's why I, I, I'm not trying to speak on it or for it. Like, absolutely. Yeah. Like, I, I love everybody. You know, I don't have a racist bone in my body. I, I, I don't. And I don't believe that coach does either. I can only judge him based on how I know him. Just crush my dreams. Boom. Sadness. That's the one. Congratulations to Todd. Oh, God. Todd won 50 bucks to go to Smoking Pig. <laughs> Barbecue. Press box transition. <laughs> now back to John Gruden. Uh, I forgot I was the one who told you to do that. Uh, for anyone who did not see over the weekend, John Gruden, an email was leaked. The Washington or Wall Street Journal, excuse me, uh, had a story about an email John Gruden sent back in 2011 uh, where John Gruden said, Dumb Boris Smith has lips the size of Michelin tires. He was referring to DeMarie Smith, who is the NFL Players Association president, uh, called him Dumb Boris and called him out for having big lips. Uh, for anybody that is unaware, that is a racial stereotype against black people for having big lips. Uh, the I don't know if this is the origin of it, but one of the big sort of highlights of this is the minstrel shows that used to be done where white people would play caricatures of black people in blackface, they'd make their lips really big and they would play like a happy-go-lucky, dumb black person as the stereotype of what all black people were like. That's sort of one of the big touch-off points of why criticizing or calling out a black person's lips for being big goes back to a massively racial thing that we used to do in this country. John Gruden has, he's actually talked quite a lot about this. Uh, you heard some of it there. Uh, his explanation as to why he used the phrase or said he has lips the size of Michelin tires is that Gruden says that he refers to people that are lying as having rubber lips. And his logic is that, well, I often say people have rubber lips, and I thought Demaris Smith was lying, so I said he had lips like tires. Um, I guess you can follow that logic. He still referred to the size of the lips, not just called them rubber, but called them big. I've also never heard anyone use the phrase rubber lips. Okay, so we did some research, uh, Adam Hill and I, and Adam did most of the research in terms of the origin of rubber lips. Uh, found a few references. Both said people who talk a lot. 
And nowhere did we find across the web or wherever where rubber lips uh, was uh, meant someone who was lying. So I don't know where he was going with that. Um, uh, I know Tim Brown, uh, the Hall of Famer on Sirius Radio yesterday, said that he had heard Gruden use that term um, often. So I'm and and Gruden's a quirky guy. There's no question about that. So am I saying he never used rubber lips as a term? I'm not saying that. I find the line part hard to believe because in nowhere have we found that it meant that. Um, I think it means more people, like I said, who talk a lot um, and don't stop talking. Uh, so I I don't like the explanation of this. Um, I don't think it holds much water in terms of what was uh, meant here. Um, I do know it was 10 years ago, and I do know he's profusely apologized because I've been in two press conferences now where he's, where he's profusely apologized about this. Um, so we're going to see what happens. Let me ask you this real quick because there's so much to this. Um, people are waiting, and people have spoken out uh, on ESPN and other networks um, about what's this, what discipline should come. The first thing I thought of is when the NFL said it was investigating this, the NFL has all power. Goodell can pretty much through, can do what he wants, as we, we've seen, especially with the personal conduct policy. The fact he was working for ESPN, the first thing I thought to myself is, I, I do think discipline should come, but how are they the ones who can discipline him if he was working for ESPN? I think that's, a, that's why I believe the league has told Mark Davis, handle your own house. Yeah, I really think they've told him that because I don't think – I think if he the NFL, the discipline comes from the NFL, he will fight that. I do think he'll fight that because he'll be like, I wasn't I, working for you at the time. I think he'll win. So he was out of the league, um, was emailing a guy that was currently employed by Washington, but that probably shouldn't matter whatsoever. Um, I think here here's the curious part. The Raiders statement that they put out included that they were reviewing other materials. Yes. John Gruden actually came out and volunteered yes. uh, that there's another email where he calls Roger Goodell an expletive. Right. Uh, so Can he he someone tell out. me what the letter the expletive no, I don't starts know. with? I don't know. The report just had expletive. That's what I keep reading, and I'm yeah. like, a... Yeah, I don't know which fee? one it is, but I don't know either. Um, but, so there are other emails that don't look great for John Gruden, apparently. Um I think the big question as far as punishment goes is, are any of those racist? Well, and I'm sorry, but this is the truth. People disparaging Goodell, if everyone got in trouble, I don't know if anybody would be left in yes. the league. So I don't know if you can put you now. The, the racial one, there, there's some question whether, like they can, his dad. whether they can discipline him or not. The fact he called Goodell a disparaging comment, uh, you, you can't, I don't think the league can bring no. discipline against him on that. Now, so here, okay. If you're Mark Davis and you're you're making some sort of decision on punishment here, I think the the key here to figure out is how much benefit of the doubt are you giving John Gruden, and is there any other example of this? Because it seems a little far fetched, but you can you can make the logical assumption that John Gruden was trying to say Demaris Smith had rubber lips and he was lying, and he just got carried away and said they were as big as a Michelin tire, and that. He didn't mean for that to be racist. It just, he says that guy has rubber lips because he thought he was lying. If there's literally nothing else that John Gruden has ever done that's, you know, remotely racist, then I can understand if you're Mark Davis saying, all right, that was really unfortunate. Uh, we're going to teach John Gruden why that's unfortunate not to do that again. But 
We've got no other evidence that he's ever done that before. However, there's another email that comes out. Or if John Gruden is, well, if they, I don't know, interview people and be like, hey, has he ever said something to you? And there are right. people that come out and say, yeah, he said this to me before, whatever. That's when you get in a lot of trouble if you're John Gruden. So I think if you're Mark Davis, that's going to be the key. Like, what are those other emails? What are those other materials that the NFL apparently gave Mark Davis here? Uh, because that's going to go a long way in deciding, I think, what John Gruden's ultimate punishment if here is. If nothing else happened and he's never had another issue with race or, you know, supposed racial comments, what would you do if you're Davis? I think you find him. I think you have to do something. Mark Davis and his father and that organization has been completely on record for decades and decades about being um, tolerant and 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 against any kind of racial bias. I mean, they are they they're the one franchise who's really been out in front of that. We've gone over and over and who they hired the first Latina coach, the first black head coach, all of that. First woman. Yes, I don't know if you can walk away and do nothing and still have that as one of your main tenets of your organization and your history. I think he gets fined. I think so, too. I think, I think there's going to be some form of punishment. John Gruden's even sounded like there's going to well, be he said, some. Yesterday yeah. he said, let's see what happens in the next yeah. few days. I think Which, he understands something's going to happen. Can I say one thing that I really dislike that John Gruden did is when he came out and brought up, well, there's an email of me calling Roger Goodell a blank. Well, I was damage control. Right. Yeah. It's basically him trying to say, well, yes. I was just mad at everybody. Yes. Right? I wasn't. I wasn't a racist. I was just angry. And it's like, all right. You calling Roger Goodell a blank does not excuse you calling DeMaris Smith out for having big lips. That is that that does not excuse any sort of racial trope, racial stereotype that you put in an email and sent out. Yeah. The other part of this, even though it was a decade ago, when we're talking about benefit of the doubt and are there any other issues with John Gruden, he felt comfortable enough saying that in an email. Right. There's a whole generation, my generation over here, that has email anxiety where we're like afraid. You to don't like, put anything in writing. Well, well no, just well, like when you send an email, like it's should I put an exclamation point? Do I come off right, as right. too excited mm -hmm. if I put right. one the or period? Two? Right. right. There's a whole generation, my generation, that's like anxious every time yeah. they send an email to somebody important. If John Gruden felt comfortable enough to putting that in an email, what does he say in person? What does he think in his actual head? So when we're trying to figure out how much benefit of the doubt we give John Gruden. He put that in an email and hit send. He felt comfortable enough putting that in an email and hitting send. It's just like us in the studio. Some of the things we say off the air, we're not going to say on the air, right? Because Well, that's why we say Jared or the mic's hot. Right. <laughs> and sometimes they are. <laughs> There's some things that you're comfortable criticizing in public versus in private. And when you're comfortable saying it in public, the things you say in private are so much worse usually. So absolutely. I feel I do feel confident. I will say this uh, based on some people we talked to yesterday. I feel a thousand percent confident that the words to Goodell had nothing to do with race. Yes. I don't think that. And I don't yes. think he, and he absolutely doesn't come out and do damage control if they did, because that was John Gruden doing damage control. Right. That's what that was. That was him trying to say, hey, I was yes. I was just in a bad state of mind. I was right. cursing out every because his reasoning is this was during the work stoppage. And even though he wasn't in the league, he was mad that they might not have football. Okay. That He's basically trying to spin it as I love football so much. I was just cussing everybody out. That part. I do believe. Yeah. I, I do believe. Enough, yeah, sure. I do believe that he, during the off season goes, when can we watch yeah. some football? Yeah. So I don't know exactly what happens here, but I am curious to know what the other materials are and basically how much of this investigation, like what else do they find and whatever they're doing as an investigation? Like, do they, do they come out and say, Hey, 
We have not found any evidence that John Gruden has done anything else that's, you know, in poor taste or racist or anything. So we're going to find him and send him to sensitivity right. training right. or and move on. Do they come out and they say he's suspended for three games because we found blank or whatever, yeah. I, whatever it ends up being. And I know he pro- like it's one of those things where I feel like there's an entire ge- maybe not generations, the right word, but there's an entire group of PR people that just need to, like, actually explain by saying to those I offended, you aren't actually apologizing. <laughs> you a- to actually apologize, you have to go. I said that, and I understand why it's yeah. wrong. Do you have as much issue as I have when I keep hearing I don't have a racist bone on my body? <gasps> it's uh, it nobody genuinely... cares about your bones. What no. did you say? It's the same as what I have a say? black friend. Yes, it's the exact yeah, same and as it's, that. It's also the the worst one on Twitter that I saw was. Oh, so you're saying he could work in the NFL for as long as he has, and he could be a racist? Yes. Yeah, what absolutely. What are you talking about? The owner of the Houston Texans literally called them inmates running yeah. the penitentiary. Yeah. Like, yes, yes, of course. What? Absolutely. Because he's at the top of the power structure, not at the bottom. He said it twice. He said it the other day and then yesterday. And then Derek Carr. Derek Carr said And how about Derek Carr <laughs> chiming in with, I don't have a race, but nobody asked you. Does Derek Carr have an email we need to be worried Except, about? Nobody asked you, Carr. I'll, oh. I'll, I'll, the only thing that was asked of Derek Carr is, what did your coach say to you when he met with you? And what do you think about John Gruden? And that's fine. That's what we asked the three or four players who were put in front right. of the media. Right. That's fine. That's fair. <laughs> But for Derek Carr to offer that, it's like, uh, let's move on. Can I recklessly speculate that when Derek Carr's in the locker room, he doesn't bleep himself out when he's rapping along to the music? Probably not. I don't think Derek Carr raps. Christian rap? Oh, yeah. they all right. yeah. I've heard some really bad Christian rap. That's what, I, that's what I assume Derek Carr listens to. Christian rock. Could see that. Right. Okay, now I'm going to have to go find this Christian rap song that's really terrible. Oh, boy. Well, we look forward to that. Coming up next, it's Bischoff's Briefs, and my God, it was a terrible sports weekend. Do you want to schedule a parent-teacher conference after hearing Grainy's grades? Call the Press Box voicemail and let us know. 702-720-4678 and let us know who deserves a higher grade. Bischoff's Briefs. I'm asking you if you know the difference between right and wrong. I discovered at a very early age that if I talk long enough, I could make anything right or wrong. Bischoff's Briefs. So either I'm God or truth is relative. Bischoff's Briefs. And in either case, booyah. Bischoff's Briefs. What an unbelievably terrible weekend of sports. Capped off by the United States losing to Panama in World Cup qualifying. First they take our canal and then they beat us. <laughs> so, uh, mainly I'm going to yell about Greg Berhalter and his lineup decisions for this game. Because Greg Berhalter went to Panama and basically tried to get a result while resting all of his players is basically what it looked like. The United States lost to Panama 1-0. We had zero shots on goal. Oh, oh God. Oh. Uh, five total shots in the game and zero shots on goal. This was not a matter of, like, 
bad soccer luck because you can play well and lose one nothing. You can play well, get hit on the counter attack once and and they go into a shell and you you lose one to nothing despite playing pretty well. We sucked. We were awful in that game. And a lot of it traces back to the lineup that Greg Berhalter put out there. Now, keep in mind two of our best players, Christian Pulisic and Gio Reyna are injured and not available to play. Uh, they also, the United States made the decision to not have Weston McKinney travel to Panama for this game. He's probably our best player on the roster during this window with uh, Pulisic and Reyna out. Uh, McKinney's likely to play in their next World Cup qualifier on Wednesday, but for whatever reason, uh, slightly hurt and they want to get him fully recovered or something like that. They did not even take him to Panama. They also have two players that play in the Premier League that they apparently made an agreement with their clubs that they would not travel to Panama so that they could avoid a longer quarantine when they go back to England to return to the Premier League. So that knocked out our starting left back, Anthony Robinson. But Greg Berhalter, despite all that, still could have put out a better lineup than he did because Greg Berhalter, he put out at his front line, Tim Way, Jossie Zardes, and Paul Areola. So Tim Way is a young winger who might be good in the future, right? There's some optimism that Tim Way will be good, but he hasn't really proven anything. Jossie Zardes is a striker who we've been trying to replace for a year now, and maybe Ricardo Pepe's going to do that. But Jossie Zardes is fine, but nothing special. And then Paul Areola is a good depth winger, right? You don't really want to start Paul Areola, but he's good to have on the roster. So you have a bunch of guys that are okay on the front line. In midfield, we started Eunice Musa, who is a young guy who, kind of like Tim Way, we hope is going to be good in the future, but is young and hasn't really proven much. Sebastian Legette, who is a good depth option, right? You want that guy to come in off the bench in the midfield or something like that. And then Kellen Acosta, who is good. Kellen Acosta is a good player. Then on our back line, we started left and right back, George Bellow and Shaq Moore. Two players, young players, haven't proven much at this level that are fine. Maybe they'll be really good in the future. And then our starting center backs were Walker Zimmerman and Mark McKenzie, who again, eh, we've seen a little bit from those guys. They're not completely young or completely new to this, but again, they're not really our first choice center backs. Maybe Zimmerman works his way into that. McKenzie maybe could too, but basically what you had there at every level, our forwards, our wingers, our midfielders, and our uh, back line, none of them were like, oh yes, that's a locked on starter. That guy is for sure one of the best 11 players the United States can put on the field. He basically put a, hey, maybe this will work out at every level in the lineup. And guess what? None of it worked out. None of it. That lineup might be okay if, say, Christian Pulisic and Weston McKinney are in it, right? If you have two of your better players in there that can kind of carry some lesser players, that might work out. But he basically said, we're not playing any of our top players in this game. We're going to play a lineup and completely rest and completely try to be ready for Costa Rica on Wednesday and try to sneak out a result. And guess what? They sucked. They were terrible in that game. One of the probably the worst game they've played under Greg Berhalter. And it was a World Cup qualifier on the road. Now, granted, we don't win many World Cup qualifiers on the road, but he basically went in that and said, we're not winning, so why even try? Where's the Costa Rica game? It's here. It's in the U.S. Yeah. So... If we're still in second place in the in the table right now, so we're still in good shape to qualify. This wasn't like any sort of damning result. They beat Costa Rica on Wednesday. We're fine. We're in great shape going forward. They lose to Costa Rica, or even if they draw with Costa Rica, now it's getting rough. Now we're looking ahead, and we are going to be really fighting to hold on to a World Cup qualifying spot the second half here because we haven't played Mexico yet. We still have not gone to Azteca, Azteca. and Mexico hasn't come here. 
right? We still have the hardest two games left in World Cup qualifying on our schedule. If they don't beat Costa Rica, we're, again, still going to be favored to get through, but it's going to become a lot harder because they went to Panama and basically punted here. So this is basically him saying... We have to beat. We have to win on Wednesday, yeah. and I'm just not going to play anybody right. at all. I mean, I'm sure he, he thought, must have known. He I thought mean, he they were going to play better. There's I'm no sure doubt he, he thought they were. I, mean, gonna I play hope better. he thought they were going to get a shot on yes. goal. Yes, uh, he absolutely thought they were going to play better, and he made substitutions in the second half to bring on some of the better. Tyler Adams, Ricardo Pepe, some of the guys came Pepe on. Pepe played in the second half. Yeah, he play, played in the second half, but still, we it had was over by then. We had nothing. Um, oh, can I be a sore loser for a second? <laughs> all right. This game had seven minutes of stoppage time added on to the end of it. There should have been more because there were two, like, five-plus-minute-long injuries in the final 20 minutes of this game. Like, one guy got stretchered off for cramps somehow, but he was on the ground for five minutes before they actually got the stretcher out there. Two guys had a head injury. They collided heads and were laying down for a long time. But for some reason, they only added seven minutes. There should have been... 10 minutes at least, probably more than that, because the last 20 minutes, they probably played soccer for seven of those 20 minutes. So there's only seven minutes. But then in stoppage time, multiple fans from Panama ran on the field. Multiple times, an extra random soccer ball was kicked onto the field. (laughs) There were two separate times where plays Uh. going on, and there's just another ball on the field. Maybe that's how they got their shot on goal. (laughs) Kick that ball. It's closer. All this happened in stoppage time, right? Like we're in like the 95th minute. Multiple fans run on the field. Multiple balls are kicking. The ref had to stop the game at one point because there's fans on the play on the field to get them off. He blew the final whistle at 97 minutes and four seconds. He did not add any more time for fans fans running on the field in stoppage time. So if you're playing in a CONCACAF World Cup qualifier and your team's winning at home, just storm the field. Throw a couple balls out there. Just run out People there. People play a little short The game. ref's not going to add any more time to it. Uh, now, we didn't have a shot on goal. Would we have magically gotten one if he gave us an extra minute? Probably no. not. But what the hell? You can just run on the field and there's no punishment? Garrett, sore loser. <sighs> I know I am. I know I, I am. Mean, fully aware of it. But what the hell was that? Uh, just run on the field. Who, who's, who's worse? Him or the guy from Alabama who just doesn't call the field goal? Probably the guy from Alabama. who. Well, the guy from Alabama who didn't even say it was good. <laughs> like, he said nothing. At least Tyler's saying something and has a reason for being a sore loser. That guy said nothing. And we sucked. We absolutely sucked. An extra minute was probably not going to give us a shot on goal and a goal to tie the game. But still... You just run on the field, and the ref's like, "Yeah, no big deal. We won't, we won't add any more time on or anything." Unbelievable. Get these refs out of here. Back to back ref nightmares. What do they do against Costa Rica? Yeah, they'll beat them. Yeah, yeah, three one or something like that. Now he's gonna play. We better. All the good players are rested. <laughs> all- our our starting eleven is gonna have combined to play like four minutes in the last five <laughs> days leading into that game. Pepe's rested. Yeah, he better. We better blow the doors off of him if we don't. If we don't, Greg Baralter, I don't think he gets fired, but he might be in a little bit of trouble. The The seat will be a little bit warm. It'll be next window. Like, if they lose to Costa Rica, next window, if they start with a loss or something, Greg Baralter might be in real trouble for his job because they lose to Costa Rica. We got some problems. They lose another game after that. Who's standing in the wings? To coach them? Yeah. I don't know. I have no idea who they'd bring in at that point. Bob Bradley again? Who knows? We're both looking at yeah. each other. We know. Lenaldo, yeah. he's got a podcast. <laughs> he's too busy to coach Team USA. Yeah. 
You know, actually, Landon Donovan's probably got a better shot. Landon Donovan keeps getting brought up to get the uh, Real Salt Lake job. Oh, is that what he wants? I don't know if he wants it, but he's been mentioned. I've seen two different stories on Landon Donovan getting an MLS job after what he's done at San Diego, although I don't know that San Diego's been that that impressive. That like, amazing. Fine, where he should be fine, the job. But it's not like they're running away with the league. I don't know. We'll see. Coming up next, Sam Gordon joins the show. Come. Crawford swings and he drives one. Right center field. Pretty deep. Way back there. And goodbye! Into the Dodger bullpen. Four nothing Giants. We're back to the press box with Grady and Bischoff, live from the Finley Toyota ESPN Las Vegas studios. Joining us now from the Review Journal is Sam Gordon. All right, Sam, worst loss over the weekend. The Las Vegas Aces, Deontay Wilder, the Las Vegas Raiders. Oh, geez. If I had to rank them in order, um, I would go. Geez, that's a great question, Tyler. <laughs> I would go. I would probably go Aces one, Raiders two, Wilder, Wilder three. I don't think there's any shame in the way Wilder lost. He went he went out on his shield. Um, uh, the, the Aces, on the other hand, I mean, the Raiders were just kind of outplayed from the gun, you know, from, from start to finish. But the Aces. Uh, had an eight-point lead going into the fourth quarter and a four-point lead with two and a half minutes um, at home with the best crowd uh, ever in franchise history, and to just let that game to let that game slip away, um, I know was devastating for the franchise on a number of levels. So I'm gonna have to go with that one, but it's, it's a great question. It's a great question to start. Okay, so what was the worst part? I mean, the, the loss of the lead, the fact again, uh, Tyler said it often. Are they built to play for the playoffs? Why does this keep happening? Yeah, um, that's a great question. I think I think to your point, yeah, I, I think just kind of the way they lost the lead. I mean, you you have you're up eight, right? Uh, I mean, we know the players they had on the floor and, and the talent they've had on the roster throughout the course of the year, and just kind of you know the way the game, way the way the way the fourth quarter was played out. Um, I, I really think the moxie and the the poise and the toughness and frankly just the clutchness and all time greatness of Diana Taurasi and the shot making. Um, rattled the aces a little bit. You know, she, she makes a couple threes. She ties the game um, right away. I mean, they promptly go on a, a 10 nothing run to take, to take the lead, actually, early in the fourth quarter. I think um, from that point forward, the aces just got a little tight because on the other side, you have the greatest player in league history who's been there and done that and who's in the process of doing it again. And I feel like the aces just felt pressed to respond. Um, and, and, you know, there was a couple bad turnovers there um, down the stretch, uh, a couple missed layups, and just, you know, the kind of execution – um, mistakes that, that can't happen if you want to win a series, if you want to go to the WNBA Finals and win a championship. So um, I, I'm not, you know, it's it's interesting as far as why it keeps happening. I think last year in the bubble, um, the, the roster last year, very, very good roster, right? Championship caliber roster, but not not as good as Seattle. I, I don't think there's any shame in, in the way that they lost to Seattle, um, who was, you know, firing off uh, all cylinders with Brandon Stewart and Sue Bird and Jewel and everybody playing at the top of their game. But I, I really felt like they had the, 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 the better roster um, than the Mercury this year, and they had home court advantage. You had, you had what you wanted. You had an eight-point lead uh, going into the fourth quarter uh, in front of a, just a tremendous, tremendous crowd. So, you know, huge credit to the Aces and their staff uh, for being able to, to bring a crowd out like that. It was a rabid, rabid environment. And, um, you, you know, Phoenix was the, was the team that played with poise and, and, and played uh, and executed down the stretch. It's, it's certainly not a talent thing, right? And it's it's certainly not. Uh, I mean, the, the Aces have all the players. You have Woman of the Year, multiple All Stars, a former MVP. Like you have all the pieces are in place. I know, I know. Bill Lambeer is taking. You know, I saw. You know, on Twitter has taken some some criticism and whatnot, and um, you know, understandably so to a point. But at the same time, he's not out there throwing the ball away, and he's not out there you know missing down the stretch either. So 
uh, it's 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 not an issue of talent. It's not an issue of of experience now at this point because the Aces have had the experience of a few deep playoff runs. I think it was just a situation over the course of the weekend where you have a couple all-time great players that played all-time great games in, in the biggest spot, and you know the Aces played well, but not you didn't get any kind of transcendent performance from anybody. You didn't get anybody that went above and beyond, and as a result, you have a three-point loss and another you know another disappointing end of a season in which they, in my opinion, clearly had the, the most talented team in the league this year. Do you think Liz Cambage is back with the Aces next year? Gut feeling, no, Tyler. I, I don't. I don't think so. Um, now, of course, she has been, uh, you know, open about her future in the WNBA. That she's she's been critical of the league. Uh, we know that she sat out years in the past, hasn't played in the WNBA before, and has talked in interviews about how you know the Olympic year w- would be her last season. Um, obviously, she's still in the prime of her career and has a lot of great basketball left um, in front of her. Should she want to keep playing in the WNBA? or abroad, but part of the reason she came to, to the Aces and re-signed with the Aces uh, and was willing to take a lesser role was, was to compete for a championship. And this is twice now that she's been on a team that they haven't reached the finals. So if you're her uh, and you've already made these sacrifices, you, you sacri- I mean, she was a scoring champion in 2018 with the Dallas Wings. She's capable of putting up 25 and 10 every single night. That's practically what she did in Dallas. So she dialed back that role. She chose not to do that to try and win a championship. Um, and it didn't happen, right? It didn't happen this year. And, and, you know, ironically enough, the year that she wasn't with the team, 2020, they go to the finals. I'm not saying that there's necessarily anything there, that there's that's necessarily intertwined. I mean, very different circumstances. Those are just the facts. But when, when you kind of look at um, the role that she chose to take on this year and the fact that it, it didn't necessarily work out, and um, I, I think she's going to definitely have suitors elsewhere in the league. Uh, and I think she, I, I, I think it's far from a guarantee that she come back. My gut feeling is, is, is that both sides um, move on, but but we'll see what happens. We'll have to see what happens for sure and who else the Aces are going to court in free agency and what, what players are available. Can they win a title with Lambeer, and does he have too much power in that organization where Mark Davis couldn't think that way? Uh, yeah, I still think I think they can win the title with him for sure. I mean, I, they, like I said, I mean, there are a couple – I mean, there's a couple plays down the stretch. I mean, really, I know it sounds cliche, but basketball comes down to, you know, comes to a couple plays. And Cam Bays had a couple – uh, layups, you know, under the basket, right? Under the basket to take the lead uh, in like in the final minute or minute and a half. And, like, it's not on Lambeer that, that – I mean, he didn't miss those layups. I mean, those are plays that should have been finished. I mean, there's a couple of sloppy turnovers down the stretch where you have all WNBA players just make careless mistakes um, in the final minutes. I don't, I don't necessarily think that's on him. Uh, I think, um, you know, truth be told, you know, throughout the course of the season, given the – the talent on the roster and the, 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 the players and the personalities that he had to manage, I think overall um, he did a pretty good job getting to this point. Now, obviously the team underachieved by not getting to the finals, so there has to be something to be said about that. But, but I do think, um, based just on what we've seen, that, that they can win a championship with him. He does have a lot of power in the organization. There's no doubt about that. Um, but but I, they, I do believe it's a championship-caliber team. I don't think the difference necessarily in this particular series was coaching per se. Uh, I think it was just about about a couple of the mentally toughest players in the league with, with Brittany Griner, Diana Rossi making big shots down the stretch, and the Aces leaving opportunities on the table uh, with turnovers and missed layups. So we'll have to see, you know, moving forward, you know, what what the organization, um, what what kind of route they they choose to take. But this was a team that was good enough to get it done, and and for the you know third straight year they they didn't. Do you think John Gruden gets punished? No, um, no, I don't. I don't. I don't think so. Um, just, just kind of the sense I get, and, and just you know, from from talking to folks, is that look, this was ten years ago. 
it, it happened. It was an egregious thing. It was it, it deplorable, actually. There's no kind of place for that. But I, I feel like the sense is that there's been enough time removed from this, and he wasn't, you know, coaching at the time it, or, or in, in the NFL at the time, obviously as a broadcaster, but he wasn't a coach or anything like that. So um, just kind of just kind of the sense I'm getting now at this point is that there's not, I mean, maybe a fine, um, but a suspension seems unlikely, and certainly a termination seems, seems like it's out of the question. So it feels like a lot of people have forgiven Gruden for this. Um, whether they should or shouldn't, that's not for me to decide. But I, I don't, I don't just sense that any kind of uh, discipline is coming, and there's certainly not anything severe. Three and two, long season ahead, but this offensive line yeah. is awful. So if they don't get this fixed, the way we're seeing the Chargers playing, even though Mahomes is two and three, it's still Mahomes and the Chiefs. Uh, are they already in trouble if this offensive line doesn't get better? Yeah. For sure. I mean, for sure. They have to figure out a way to correct the problems up front. I think, I think, I feel like you take a look at the two losses that that was the epicenter of the losses, right? Like of course on the Monday night game, you know, the chargers, Justin Herbert, like they played well and did enough to win that game, but it's not like you got an A plus game from anybody on the chargers. I mean, that game was there to be won. had the Raiders been able to sustain a few drives in the first half, even one or, you know, even one drive, they obviously they didn't sustain any drives and you saw the kind of the offensive potential in the second half but it didn't come to fruition because they were behind the eight ball uh, because of the way the offensive line played. You look, you look at yesterday's game. I mean, it was just total domination in the trenches. Uh, we, you know, the holding penalties, uh, multiple, multiple holding penalties on a single play. A car was under duress all afternoon. And of course, for the fifth straight year, you know, the fourth, fourth time in five games, the running game is, is all but non-existent. And I'm not, I'm not, I don't think a, a great running game is a, is a prerequisite to be a great team uh, in 2021 with the way the rules are and the way, the game is skewed towards the quarterback. A lot of the best teams don't have running games at all to speak of. They you know, just kind of let their quarterback win the game like the Raiders did with Carr the first couple of weeks where they just kind of turned him loose. But if you, you don't want to just be completely non-existent where it's three, three yards a pop and, and Carr's in third and longs you know, constantly. So they got to figure out a way to kind of ease some of that duress. Um, you have a lot of young players that you're working through. You know, Tom Cable definitely has his work cut out for him. Uh, and, and if they don't get this this rectified, I mean, it's pretty clear what teams are going to do. They're just going to try and bring pressure and overwhelm the Raiders up front. And, and the teams that have done that so far the last two weeks have had success. And, and that's the blueprint. And that's the game plan. And that's, you know, the Raiders are going to have to figure out a way to rectify that. And, you know, they have their work cut out for them going into Denver next week, you know, playing at altitude against a pretty good, you know, pretty good defense, all, all things considered, and a pretty good defensive coach in Big Fangio. The Raiders are the blank best team in the AFC West. Oh, geez. Um, I mean, if you had asked me a couple weeks ago, I would have said probably, you know, the first or second best team at this point, um, I, I would say third. Uh, I, I trust, I mean, I, I think at the end of the day, I, I trust Derek Carr uh, more than Teddy Bridgewater. Though, though Teddy Bridgewater, you know, has played well for Denver. But, but in, you know, in, if it in a push comes to shove situation when you're, when you're, uh, you're uh, you know, when, you're, when, it's, when it's really close between both teams, I'm going to go with the team with the better quarterback. And I think that's, I think that's Derek Carr. So I think right now, um, they're the third best team. I, I, obviously, the Chargers are class of the division, and like I said, Mahomes is Mahomes, and I think Kansas City is going to figure that out at some point in time. Regardless of how bad their defense is, they're going to be able to figure out how to w- start winning some of these shootouts. Um, so at this point, I think the Raiders are the third best team in the AFC West. I was blank for doubting Ed's fantasy team against me because Justin <laughs> Herbert had not played yet. Uh, <laughs> I was um. <laughs> I, I, I was wrong. I guess I just uh, we'll just use a simple a simple word there. I was I was I, I was a little you know I, I got a little excited early on. I saw Kyron Murray who had been my who had been carrying me all year to a four and record to the top of the league standings in the first quarter of the season. 
uh, was going to match Justin Herbert. Unfortunately, he did not. And Justin Herbert uh, continues to prove that he is one of the best players in the NFL, not just for the Chargers, but for Ed's fantasy team. A great victory on his part. I, I, here's my public congratulations, Ed. I was wrong you. for doubting Justin Herbert. I, I can't ever do that again. Uh, come on, Sam. You can't let Ed win. Get it together. <laughs> Herbert with 50 I tried plus. not to. I tried uh. not to. Hey, but, 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 hey, but, Ed, Saquon Barkley, Kenny Galladay both go out right away. Like, maybe if those guys finish the game, it, it's a different, it was a different outcome. But, of course, no excuses. Injuries are part of the game. Hopefully those guys come back soon uh, to fortify the Giants and fortify my, my fantasy team, too. I'm coming for that championship this year. Should have, would have, could have, Minnesota kid. <laughs> Herbert, 50-plus. Thanks, Sammy. This is Sam Gordon from right. the Review Journal. Thanks, Sam. Thanks, John. See you, bud. Take oh, care. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's there's good games, and then there's a guy who goes 50-plus. Yeah. <laughs> like... Shouldn't count. All right, here we go. We have two tickets. Let's see if I can pronounce this properly. We have two tickets to the Las Vegas Concours de Elegance, one of the top 10 classic car events in the world, Saturday, October 23rd at Las Vegas Ballpark. They sell tickets at Ticketmaster.com, but you can win two right now, from us. If you want to go to Concours de Elegance at Las Vegas Ballpark, uh, one of the top 10 classic car shows in the world, we'll take caller numbers three right now at 702-364-1100. 702-364-1100 is the phone number. Caller number three. Is Tyler a know-it-all? Can you prove him wrong? Call the Press Box voicemail and let us know. 702-720-4678. Swing, and there's a drive into right center field. On the move to his left is Taylor. He makes the catch. Tagging up Flores, heading home. Here comes the throw. It's going to be way away. Flores slides safely across for the Giants' first run of the game. It's 2-1, to one, L.A. You're locked in the press box. They didn't score another one. Mm. Who won? Michael. Congratulations to Michael. Concours de Elegance at Las Vegas Ballpark. Top 10 classic car show in Las Vegas. Michael will be headed out there. Um, I want to read you a quote here. Uh, this is Landon Collins, who plays for the Washington football team. They gave up a Hail Mary at the end of the first half to the Saints. And if you saw the Hail Mary, nobody for Washington really jumped in the end zone. Marquez Callaway jumped up and caught it for the Saints, but nobody really jumped to contest it. Landon Collins, when asked about it after the game, said, We were just thinking field goal, not Hail Mary. When the ball went up in the air, we just weren't prepared for that. We were expecting them to try to get the ball to the outside and try to get a field goal before half. Well, but when the ball is coming down, don't you, don't you, can't you in mid-flight say, oh, we were wrong. They're not going for the field goal. They're actually going for the Hail Mary. Let's jump up and knock this ball down. At least mouth the words, oh boy. Yeah, exactly. Did that, did, what changed your mind when it was like in flight headed towards the end zone? I mean... We I'm sorry, Landon. We didn't jump in the end zone because, because we, we thought they were throwing it to the outside. <laughs> and then when all of them ran past us to the end zone, we still didn't realize, yeah. oh, they might throw it. We, we all just went, where, where are they going? <laughs> Wait, you're throwing it to the outside. It set up a field goal. You guys missed the play. <laughs> you idiots. You're supposed to play for the field goal there. <laughs> That's where Washington is right yeah, now. Yeah, like, no, no, yeah. Washington is also like, well, what we would have done is we would have played for the field goal. Yeah. How are you feeling about the Dodgers? Game three. Feel good. Feel good. Yeah. Against, uh, with Scherzer on the mound? Yeah, I feel good. Dodgers have yet to lose a game that Mike Scherzer has started this year. Yeah. I don't like the umpire. 
but maybe we get a few calls. Not very good. <laughs> maybe he's bad enough to give the Dodgers the calls instead of the yeah, Giants. Maybe. Uh, the Astros game has been postponed until tomorrow. Oh. Well, uh, you go back here with your number one starter then. Yes. Uh, so, both teams would be able to go yeah, back to their number so one. So they go back to their starters. Which probably helps the White Sox more because they were going to throw Carlos Rodon today, who has only thrown, I think, five innings in the last month because of injury, and his uh, velocity was down like five miles an hour. That was going to be their starter for today. Uh, so it probably helps them more. But the Astros did just light up Lance Lynn. I th- yeah, I was going to say, I thought you said that all Lance yeah. Lynn did right. was throw things that the Astros go, <laughs> all he did, we all, hit right. this. All he but, did was throw fastballs. But I will take the guy who's throwing five miles an hour slower than normal and might not make it out of the first over the guy who, you know, might actually be a good pitcher. Also, the White Sox burned through their entire bullpen yesterday. Would have been nice to face them today, like four hours later, because they went night game to day game. The interesting part in the Dodgers series will be who starts for either team tomorrow. <laughs> I think they're both bullpen games, right? God's 11. Yeah, I, th- I think they're David both. Price. They're bullpen games. David Price is still on the team, right? Yeah. All right, he's starting. Get him out there. Didn't you guys trade for him? Yeah, two years ago. He didn't play because of COVID. He was in the Mookie trade. Yeah, he was in the Mookie trade, yeah. but he, played for, he didn't play because of COVID, so he hadn't been around until this year. And uh, bullpen games, got to get today. Got to get today. Well, obviously, you got Scherzer going. Yeah. You can't lose game I, three in a tied series with Scherzer going. I'm you nervous. might as well give up if you lose that one. You just right. told me you felt good. What are you talking about? I mean, I always feel I'm always nervous. I told you they'd sweep. They'll win in four now. Just ignore that he, first. Yeah, game. I was worried about. Yeah, I, I was really happy with you after the game one. Oh, yeah, they're going to sweep. They're going to sweep. They're I won't. Let, yeah, let me text that guy. They're going to win in four. No worries. Scherzer wins today. Better bullpen. Dodgers. It's all over. It's all over. No worries whatsoever <laughs> for the Dodgers. Trevor Bauer comes back. <laughs> Haven't heard about him lately. Yeah, probably a good thing. Probably a good thing. Are you are you immediately slotting him into the number no, three? No, he'll never pitch for them. No, he might he'll not ever pitch. He might ever pitch. No, he's, he's never going to pitch again. Can him another team signing him? Yeah. Not ideal. No, you can't. Do I that. mean, Araldis Chapman fired a gun at his pregnant girlfriend. Uh, he's still in the league. I mean, won't pitch for the Dodgers. <laughs> I, I mean, will he pitch for someone? There's always willing someone to take a chance. Absolutely. Who do you, you think is winning the other series, Brewers or Braves? I think the Brewers are. I mean, they're better. I hope yeah. they are. But I think the Brewers do. Braves. Braves took the Dodgers to yeah. seven. Hell, yeah. Braves were up. What was it? Three one. Right. Three one. Yeah. Three one. Lost. Yeah. Man, the Braves blew it. Yeah. Unbelievable. Oh yeah, that's right. I was telling you the whole time not to be worried. That's Dodgers right. For coming Three back. one. You'll be fine. You'll I was be fine. right. Yeah, they'll be fine. I was right about yeah. it too. They came back. No problem. They'll I was wrong about the Astros coming back from 3-0 against the Rays, but hey, the Red Sox might knock them out. I am so excited. This dumb team might get knocked out by the terrible Red Sox. Oh, how happy will you be? I can't wait. You'll be happier than Starkus. Yeah, until that weird kid was texting us this morning.